Oh, my goodness. Go ahead and have a seat. Everybody say hi. To, say, everybody say, hola, Willow Espanol. <laughs> we see you up there. Good to see you. And everybody say hi to Fabian, Pastor Fabian. Hola. We are going to preach in tandem today. Uh, he is going to speak in Spanish with English subtitles. I will, of course, speak in, in Russian. And just kidding, I'm going to speak in English with Spanish subtitles. So everybody in the room is going to be one today, and we are super excited about that. Thank you for being with us today. So we need to figure out who's going to go first. Uh, let's go for them. Okay, let's do it. Mexican standoff. Mexican standoff. <laughs> okay, you got me. You win. Okay, go, go. I will go first. He said Mexican Willow, standoff. Uh, thank you so much for receiving us. It's a blessing and a privilege being among you guys and being one church. Thank you. And the other part is that I want to introduce my family. So this is uh, the Espresso Princess Sofia. She's four. The Marshmallow Captain Fabian, two. And the most beautifulest wife slash mom slash pastor in the world, my wife, Arely. Now, during this last season, this, this, uh, these guys have not been my only family, but uh, I have been uh, having the privilege of being surrounded with amazing hero makers, not just by the staff of Willow Español, uh, with La Familia Chulo, Familia Berreles, Familia Santiago, but an amazing group of leadership and their families. These are my family too. They are here in the room. Thank you guys for being here. Well, are you ready to jump in? Yes? Are you ready or not? Yes? You can say, si. So remember, I'm going to teach in Spanish, right? Okay? In Russian. So let's go here. So let me, let me ask you. Uh, ¿A cuántos, please read there. ¿A cuántos les gusta el zoológico? Levanten la mano. Los zoológicos son increíbles. Eh, ayúdenme aquí, por favor. A ver, vamos a hacer los sonidos. ¿Cómo hacen los tigres? Muy bien. ¿Cómo hacen los leones? They are similar, right? ¿Cómo hacen los elefantes? I'm good at this Listen. Wait, yeah, yeah, you can. ¿Y cómo hacen las jirafas? Giraffes. ¿Nadie sabe cómo hacen las jirafas? No sé ustedes, pero eh, yo no recuerdo una sola vez que haya ido al zoológico para ir a ver o contemplar al perezoso. Repita conmigo en español, perezoso. Son animales no muy interesantes. ¿eh? Tienen una cara de ternurita, eh, pero son muy peludos. Eh, largas piernas, largos brazos, grandes garras amarillas. Andan colgados de un árbol. ¿eh? Eh, duermen 18 horas al día. Y por supuesto se mueven tan lento que les crece algo en la espalda. Yeah. Eh, si hiciéramos una carrera de perezosos, se vería así. Pastor Day, please, follow me here. Are you ready for this? Okay. You say, ready, set, go. Revenge. Oh. 
And he won. <laughs> um, not a single hair of my nose was damaged during this reenactment. Bueno, eh, ya nos dimos cuenta, eh, ya nos dimos idea de que el perezoso es inactivo y no responde. Cuando comenzamos a pensar en esta serie, la idea de monstruos internos, estas enfermedades del alma, nos dimos cuenta que la pereza es el único de los llamados siete pecados capitales que se trata de lo que no hacemos. Todos los demás, explosiones de ira, lujuria, avaricia, son cosas que hacemos, tú y yo, que echan a perder nuestras vidas. Pero la pereza es la única que se trata de lo que no hacemos. Ahora, la mayoría de nosotros ¿verdad? asumimos cosas sobre la pereza. Flojera, no moverse mucho, improductivo. Ese es un tipo de pereza. Pero hay otras formas de pereza menos obvias que son igual de destructivas y pueden alejarnos de la vida que Dios quiere para nosotros. En esencia, la pereza se conforma con lo que es fácil en el momento, en lugar de trabajar por lo que es más grande. Vamos a estar estudiando el día de hoy el libro de Lucas 14, Tome su Biblia, su app de la Biblia favorita y síganos. También tendremos los versos en pantalla. Jesús a menudo usaba parábolas eh, para enseñar verdades espirituales. Estudiemos juntos cómo sobreponernos algunas formas de pereza en nuestras propias vidas. Dave. So a little background on this passage of Scripture. Jesus is sharing a meal with some really smart, some very religious people. And they, um, as they're sharing the meal, one of them actually blurts out, hey, we can't wait to enjoy a banquet in the kingdom of God. They sort of, you know, figured they had the whole God thing figured out. And of course, they're going to be the ones invited to God's table. And Jesus tells a story to sort of expand their horizons on the, the heart of God toward people, but also teaches us some things about sloth along the way. Let me read this passage of Scripture. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they, they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just, uh, just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, well, I, I just got married so I can't come. So the invitation goes out to these people and uh, each of them makes an excuse as to why they can't come. And so sloth is on display. There's an opportunity for these people to experience a rich relationship with the host of the banquet, which is in Jesus' story representing God himself, but these people are stuck in their old routines, stuck in their habits, and so they end up choosing the lesser. In their minds, choosing to come to the banquet, get rid of their routines, this is just too much, and so they, they say yes to what is lesser, what is easy, at the cost of what is greater. The first type of sloth that we see in the story is misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities. This form of sloth is not so much the absence of activity in our lives. Of course, that's how we think of sloth, inactivity, laziness. 
But in fact, this is a real deceptive form of sloth because a slothful person exhibiting this form may be very, very busy as a person. They're just busy doing the less important things. I've got teenagers in the house. Sometimes they're very, very busy. They don't have time to do their chores because they're very busy playing Call of Duty, right? Very busy, but doing the lesser things. They ought to be doing their homework. They ought to be doing chores. They ought to be doing those things, but they stay busy doing less important things. Sloth gets even more deceptive. Maybe you've been in business and you've heard the parable of the two lumberjacks. You want to help me out with this? Sure. All right. There were two lumberjacks who had a... My jacket. My sombrero. Mariachi hat. Sombrero? It's a Mexican lumberjack. Okay, Mexican lumberjack. (laughs) All right. So they're going to have a competition, the two of them, uh, and, and to see who can chop down more wood. And they start off the same, just feverishly chopping as much wood as they can. When at some point, lumberjack number one, here's the other lumberjack, take a 15-minute break. He thought, great, I've got the advantage. I'm just going to keep working, keep working. At the end of the second hour, lumberjack number two takes another 15-minute break. Of course, at the end of the day, lumberjack number one just thought, sure, he'd won the competition. He was astonished, though, to find out that lumberjack number two cut twice as much wood as lumberjack number one. Because when lumberjack number two was taking those 15-minute breaks, he was sharpening his axe. (laughs) It's okay. It'll be all right. So maybe you are feverishly doing a lot of activity, but are you doing the wise things? Are you doing the right things? Are you doing the smart things? Are you doing the things that are of the highest priority that God is calling you to do? James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. It's a form of sloth. And so what are the priorities that we ought to have? If I could play the role of a pastor here just for a second, let me just run down just a basic list that I would see from the Bible. One is your relationship with God. The Bible said, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. So seek first your relationship with God. Number two is very similar to that, but I like to to take it out and, and illustrate it. I would say your health is the second thing. Because if you're not mentally healthy, if you're not spiritually healthy, if you're not physically healthy, then it's very difficult for you then to take care of people and to, experience, and to um, uh, prioritize the other priorities. The third is your family. You could be winning at work, but if you're not winning at home, then you're not winning. Right? If you're not winning at home, you're not winning. And then number four is your work, your calling, what God created you to do. And then number five is your friends, your, your fun, your hobbies, and, and just enjoying the life that God's given you. That's kind of the priority list, basically, that I see in Scripture. What do you think? I see the same, Dave. Um, es difícil eh, vivir siempre así, pero creo que es lo correcto. Otra forma de superar la pereza es dejar atrás la procrastinación. Repita conmigo, procrastinación. Now, five times. Okay, no, no, I'm just joking. So, entonces, necesitamos dejar atrás la procrastinación. Verso 21 dice, 
el siervo, regresó y le informó de esto a su señor. Entonces el dueño de la casa se enojó y le mandó a su siervo, sal de prisa por las plazas y los callejones del pueblo y trae acá a los pobres, a los inválidos, a los cojos y a los ciegos. Fíjense lo que el dueño de la casa está diciendo al sirviente, salgan de prisa, hazlo ahora, tardarse es una forma de pereza. Quizás eres un estudiante que posterga la tarea o viste la luz prendida en el motor de tu auto y no lo hemos llevado al taller. ¿no? Algunos de nosotros hemos pospuesto ir al médico, tenemos la plena intención de hacerlo y probablemente deberíamos hacer esas cosas pero las postergamos. Procrastinar nos puede costar literalmente. Póngame atención con estos dos ejemplos. Tienes la edad de 20 años. Comienzas a invertir 200 dólares al mes con un rendimiento del 10%. Haces esto hasta tus 60 años de edad. ¿No? Y ahora digamos que postergaste las cosas y has esperado para comenzar a ahorrar. Ahora tienes 40 años y piensas, tengo que ponerme al corriente. Haces, ¿verdad? Eh, inviertes 400 dólares al mes, 10% cada año. Haces esto durante 20 años. En esta situación, si comenzaste a los 40 años, tendrás 304 mil dólares a, a tus 70 años. No está mal. Pero si hubieras comenzado a los 20 años, incluso contribuyendo solo con la mitad, tu cuenta a los 60 años tendría 1.2 millones de dólares. Diga conmigo, ouch. ouch. ¿Qué pasaría si empezáramos a vivir nuestra vida de esa manera ahora mismo? ¿Qué pasaría si empezáramos a invertir nuestro tiempo, energía y recursos en esas cosas y siguiéramos luchando por cambiar paso a paso estos hábitos con el tiempo? Sí, el interés produce dividendos financieramente exponenciales pero las acciones intencionales producen resultados exponenciales en nuestra vida. La procrastinación es una forma de pereza muy costosa. Empecemos hoy por nuestra salud, por nuestras relaciones, nuestras metas, nuestras finanzas y lo más importante, nuestra relación con Dios. El costo de esperar es mucho más alto que el costo de comenzar hoy mismo. David. I love that illustration. 1.2 million. That's great. All right, so we've talked about putting in place the right priorities. We've talked about pushing past procrastination. Let's look at this third one. The third one would be practice persistence. Work hard. Practice persistence. Uh, in verse 23, it says, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. It's hard work. Compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Now, it didn't work the first time. He'd sent out an invitation, but he didn't give up. He stuck with it. He, he didn't quit after the first try. And that is a form of sloth, a form of sloth that would say, well, yeah, you know, I went for a semester, and then it was just too hard, so I quit. It, it's giving up after the first Try. That's not what we want to do. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise up again. But the wicked, they stumble when calamity strikes. It gets hard, and they're done. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not 
give up. You know, Thomas Edison, the famous inventor, was in search of an inexpensive filament for his light bulb. And he tried and he tried and he tried and he said this, he said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. He also said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. And then you talk about somebody that practiced what he preached. Uh, Thomas Edison tried and failed over a thousand times before finding the right material for the light bulb. And then he said this, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. Isn't that good? I didn't fail. (laughs) It was just a thousand steps to succeed. Now, we love to dream about the quick fix. We go by the lotto sign and we think, oh man, if I could just win the lottery, boom, all my problems would be solved. Or somebody could finally just invent that pill, that diet pill that would work and I would just shrink away to nothing. We love the quick fixes, we love the microwaved results, but how many of you have lived long enough to realize that the worthwhile things are often the things that take hard work and persistence? You know, my wife is an incredible piano player. She went to a conservatory of music. She graduated with her degree. And people will often say to her, oh, you're so talented. And she is. But what people don't see is the hard work that she put into mastering the music. Hours and hours invested over time in those practice rooms. You know, as people, we often want the results. We don't often want the process. Can I say that again? We always want the results. We often want the results, but we don't often want the process. Um, uh, We we want the bodybuilding, or we want the bodies like bodybuilders that we see on social media, TikTok or, or whatever. But instead of putting in the sweat equity and focusing on our physical fitness, we focus on fitness donut in our mouth, okay? You know, you're with me on that. So when we want the results, we want the results, we don't want the process. Listen, graduating, earning a PhD, building a successful business, celebrating a 50-year wedding anniversary, those are things that don't often come on the other side of sloth. They come on the other side of persistent, hard work. Y para superar la pereza, tenemos que ser conscientes que toda oportunidad tiene una fecha de caducidad. En otras palabras, reflexionemos sobre el costo final. Notamos lo que dijo el dueño de la casa, 20, versículo 24, pues ninguno de mis primeros invitados probará ni una migaja de mi banquete. El dueño va a celebrar una fiesta, pase lo que pase. Va a tener casa llena y todos están invitados. Pero no le va a suplicar a la gente que está poniendo excusas para no venir. Si quieren pueden irse a su casa y cortarse las uñas y lo desean, ¿verdad? Pero la invitación tiene un tiempo limitado. La puerta de la oportunidad eventualmente se va a cerrar. En el 2000, Reed Hastings, el fundador de una pequeña empresa llamada Netflix, voló a Dallas para proponer una sociedad con el CEO de Blockbuster, la idea era que Netflix ejecutara la marca Blockbuster en línea y a su vez Blockbuster promocionaría Netflix en sus tiendas. Hastings se rió en la habitación. 
Blockbuster tenía una oportunidad, pero no iba a durar para siempre. Blockbuster quebró en el 2010 y Netflix es ahora una empresa de 228 mil millones de dólares. Otro ejemplo, another example. ¿Se acuerdan de esta alabanza? Do you remember this worship song? Uh, all you need is love. That's not a worship song. En 1972, la compañía disquera DECA tuvo una increíble oportunidad. Pudieron haber firmado con los Beatles, pero dejaron pasar la oportunidad. En cambio, firmaron a Brian Poole and the Tremolos. ¿Cuántas personas conocen ese grupo? ¿Quién ¿Saben qué pasó? DECA asumió que los grupos de guitarra nunca serían un éxito. La puerta de la oportunidad no permanece abierta para siempre. Déjame preguntarte esto. ¿Cuál es nuestro algún día? Eh, algún día que ya estén bien las cosas, dices. ¿Qué es esto que creemos que todavía estará allí esperándonos cuando estemos listos para buscarlos? Meditemos en el costo de nuestras elecciones que estamos haciendo el día de hoy. Trabajemos ahora el día de hoy para disfrutar de una gran recompensa en el futuro. Hey, no doubt, in the moment, sloth feels better. In the moment, it's the easy thing to do. In the moment, it's, it's the most comfortable thing. And that's why I'm so grateful that God loves us enough not to leave us comfortable. God loves us enough to make sure, to invite us to move beyond sloth and into a life of purpose, doing life his way. Doing the work, pushing past persistence, getting to the place that we can experience all that he has for us. We've talked about putting priorities in place. We've talked about pushing past procrastination. We've talked about practicing persistence. And then finally, pondering the price of our actions or our inactions. Well, we said that this passage of scripture taught us some things about sloth. But in addition, it really showed us the heart of God for people. You'll notice that he invited everyone to the feast. He said, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor. How shocked they would have been to hear that. What, the poor? What place do they have at our table, much less the table of our God? No, you bring in the poor, you bring in the crippled, you bring in the blind, and you bring in the lame. And as we read scripture, we also understand that God's heart is that he would bring in every race, every nation, every age, rich, poor, people who have been in church their entire lives, and people who just stumbled in today. God's heart is that all of us would know the love of Jesus. And guys, as long as we have breath in our lungs, yeah, Jesus is always offering us an invitation of new life through him. I just want to encourage you today. Some of you have been putting that decision off. You've been putting off saying yes to his invitation. And guys, that's procrastination. I'm here today, Fabian's here today with a, with a message of urgency to say chase what matters most. Put priorities in place. God and your relationship with him is the number one thing in your life. Nothing you do today is more important than following Jesus. Let's pray.
Oremos. Dear God, we love you so much. Hermoso Dios, te amamos tanto. We are so grateful for the opportunity to come and worship and hear your word. Te damos gracias por la oportunidad de venir a adorar y escuchar tu palabra. And Lord, we take a moment to confess. Y Señor, nos tomamos este momento para confesar. We confess that sometimes we we say one thing is important but we do another. Confesamos, Señor, que a veces decimos una cosa y hacemos otra cosa. We confess that sometimes we stay in our comfort zone and put off the important things. Confesamos que a menudo nos encontramos en nuestra zona de comunidad, comodidad y dejamos a las cosas a un lado. And God, because of that, we don't always experience the abundant life that you have for us. Y por eso no hemos experimentado aún la vida abundante que tienes para nosotros. Father, I pray that you would show us today what needs to change. Señor, te pedimos que nos muestres el día de hoy qué necesitamos cambiar. And give us the courage and conviction to make that change. Y danos la valentía y el ánimo para hacer esos cambios. And Father, anyone that is hearing the sound of our voices, y Señor, los que estamos aquí, nuestras voces, if the change they need to make is saying yes to Jesus, I pray that they would do it today. Si el cambio que necesitan hacer los que están aquí es decirle sí a Jesús, oramos por ellos para que el día de hoy hagan ese cambio. To accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Aceptar a Jesús como su Señor y Salvador. It's in His name that we pray. Es Amen. en su nombre que oramos. Amen. Amen.